Thomas Edison, Richard Branson, John F. Kennedy, Mozart, Michael Jordan, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of vocations. Why is it that we rarely hear that they have or had ADHD? And you know what we hear even less about? Serena Williams, Emma Watson, Mel Robbins, Whoopi Goldberg, Agatha Christie, Aaron Brockovich, Cher. Yeah, the successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Atsuka. I'm a lawyer, not a doctor, a lifelong student, now a coach. I'm also the creator of Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, a system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your strengths, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest gifts. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I am Tracy Otsuka, and I wanted to welcome you to episode 107 of ADHD for Smartass Women. You know, I believe that life comes down to two questions. Number one, who do you have the courage to become? And number two, how many people can you help? So I've been thinking for a while about what I could do personally to really make a difference in your life beyond what you get from this podcast and my ADHD for Smartass Women Facebook group. And I decided that if I can teach you how to fall in love with your ADHD brain, then my time on this earth is well spent. I know how debilitating shame is to the ADHD brain. So I really want to teach you how to shift your entire self-concept and learn how to be proud of exactly who you are. In that regard, I am going to be creating a five-day workshop beginning on February 5th called How to Fall in Love with Your ADHD Brain. It's going to be free. I'll be doing three live workshop trainings around this topic. I'm going to answer questions. I'm developing some worksheets to help you create your own plan to accomplish this because what totally works for me may not always work for you. You have to kind of test and tweak. And because I know the importance of community and reducing shame around ADHD, I am also going to open a private Facebook group for this workshop. So, if this sounds like something you might be interested in and you'd like to join the waitlist for my free How to Fall in Love with Your ADHD Brain, you can sign up at tracyoutsuka.com forward slash I love my brain. That's all lowercase. I love my brain is one word. So let's get to the podcast. In this episode, I am going to introduce you to the delightful Lucy Vanden Heuvel. She'll tell me if I just massacred her name. Lucy sent me this lovely message that I'm going to share with you. And this is what she said. Hi, Tracy. I'm an 18-year-old high school dropout with ADHD, and I would love to be on your podcast. Specifically, I think it might be helpful for others to hear my story and see how those with ADHD can find solace in taking risks like I did, and how high risk-taking, which neurotypical people so often discourage us from, can actually be less risky and more comfortable than the alternative for us ADHD folks. This is me talking now again. At 16, Lucy left high school not knowing how she was going to go forward with her education. She eventually found a college that accepted students as young as 16, and she applied. Now she is enrolled at Bard College at Simons Rock in Massachusetts, where she will receive her Associates of Arts degree this May. Man, I'm stumbling over my words. Instead of a high school diploma. 
In college, she's studying sustainable agriculture as she would like to someday have her own farm. Lucy will also be co-managing the campus farm next semester, which is typically not an opportunity given to students. When she's not farming or studying, Lucy spends her time hiking oil painting, rock climbing, and crocheting. Right now, she's on break from school and at home with her mom in southern New Jersey, which is where she grew up. Lucy tells me that during her time spent growing up in New Jersey, she felt incapable and weird because she made different decisions than the people around her. But after being diagnosed with ADHD just last year, she's finally starting to love herself quirks and all, and especially her ADHD symptoms. Now she looks at the decision to leave high school without graduating as one of the best she's ever made. Lucy, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much <laughs> for chatting with me. Absolutely. So did I get all of that right? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So before we talk about your school, can we talk about your ADHD first? Yeah, of course. No, I love talking about my ADHD. <laughs> oh, good. So tell me, what were the circumstances around your diagnoses? Now, I know that you were diagnosed last year, so it wasn't like you were diagnosed as a child. So tell us what happened. Yeah. So it's been a long road, <laughs> as you could imagine. I remember having symptoms ever since I was, you know, a little girl, ever since I could remember. Tell us what those symptoms look like. Right. So, I mean, I had so much of it. Uh, a lot of the classic ones, a lot of the classic girl ADHD. You know, I was hyperactive, had trouble paying attention, and I had trouble paying attention to instructions and to, um, I had trouble absorbing instructions. Um, and then I had those sensory issues. So I remember I was so particular about what clothes I bought because of the fabric. Tags, things like that. Yeah, yeah. But there was a lot of complications. Even though I had a lot of the typical ADHD symptoms, they weren't really recognized at first because I did have a lot going on when I was younger. And so I think people just assumed that, you know, there's a lot going on in that girl's life. Lucy, did you have social issues? Oh, Problems yeah. With friendships? <laughs> okay, tell me about those. Yeah. So, you know, I would have a friend for a while, and I always had trouble connecting with them. And, you know, being impulsive, sometimes I would say things. And I was very blunt. I've always been very blunt. I still am very honest. And, you know, sometimes people don't want to hear the truth is what I learned. I think most of the time they don't want to hear the truth, Lucy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, especially with adults when I was younger, you know, I always told them what I thought was the truth. Um, <laughs> and I, I told it right to their face. Would that include teachers? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was in the principal's office a lot in pre-k yeah um like what would you do they paid a lot of attention to me maybe i liked it <laughs> 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 but i would um like not stay in my seat i would interrupt other people i loved story time i loved like those times that we would go in a circle and we would bring something to share, um, like those sharing circles. Yeah. I love bringing in things to show people. And so when we had those days, like I would just take up all the time. And my teacher would say, like, you know, we have to move on now. And I would, you know, say no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to move on. And at the time, um, so I should say when I was four years old. My father actually passed of cancer. Oh, um, I'm so yeah. sorry. And so that was hard. And I think that my teachers at the time, you know, they knew, you know, they have all your family history. Mm -hmm. And so I think they, you know, and somehow like the students knew too. So socially, and then also with the teachers that just kind of separated me. Yeah. 
And I wonder too, if they use that as a reason for the way you behaved Oh, rather 100%. than, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So Lucy, are you an only child? No. So I have a sister who is my best friend. <laughs> oh, I love to hear that. That is, that's my biggest goal for my kids that they're best friends. And so far they are. Yeah. So is your sister older or younger? She is older. She is six years older. And does she have ADHD? I think that she does. You know, it's hard for both of us because we both tend to really bottle up uh, our emotions. And Mm -hmm. I know that, um, you know, like I said, as a kid, I was more hyperactive than kind of growing up. I think people just thought also that it was a trauma, you know, from having my dad pass away because Mm -hmm. I really learned to, you know, repress a lot of the urges that like would get adults upset with me. You know, I stopped Mm -hmm. yelling at adults as much because I love the validation, you know, of being like a good kid. Mm -hmm. I think all kids do, sadly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. And especially, you know, having ADHD, we, I at least love, I'm so desperate for validation. Yeah. And I, and I didn't mean it that way as far I, when I said, sadly, I didn't mean it that way. It's just this idea that, you know, we are positive emotion people. And I think that a lot of adults feel, and probably kids too, feel that if someone is, is not, you know, if their behavior isn't what they think their behavior should be, they believe that they're doing it on purpose. And the reality of it is that we all want to do well. We want to be good kids. That's where I was going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You agree, Lucy? Oh, yeah. Especially, like I said, you know, I was yelled at because I, I acted out. And I just saw that, you know, I'm very good at kind of analyzing the situation and making observations is something I've learned about myself. And I saw, at, this is a So back to my sister, like, I think that growing up, we both saw that, you know, how other kids got treated when they acted a certain way. And so both of us, I think that she has ADHD, but I think that she's really repressed it. (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe her ADHD, her symptoms just aren't as great as yours, too. Yeah, that as well. Manage it a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. what I can say is that both of us spent time out of high school and both of us have had some trouble with school, but I have always hated school. <laughs> so tell me, why did you hate school? Well, I don't know in the beginning. Like, it started in pre-K. Ever since school becomes more of an academic experience, not just, you know, like daycare. I wonder, could it be, too, that in pre-K, you start having to follow other people's rules? And clearly, (laughs) there are things you loved about pre-K, right? You loved story time. You loved the sharing in the circle. But you wanted to do that all the time because, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's your area of interest. (laughs) Uh No, that's exactly what I'm getting at. Like, they started placing rules and saying, you know, you have to do this and you have to do it our way. Um, and so I started just, I hated having to follow rules, especially because like a lot of these rules to me didn't make any sense. And I hated things that didn't make sense. That is so ADHD. <laughs> We're not adverse to rules. Rules that make sense. We actually kind of like that structure, right? Mm-hmm. It's the rules that don't make sense that are just rules there for rules sake that we always fight against. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I hated pre-K and kindergarten <laughs> and first grade. <laughs> Some grades weren't as bad, but I feel your poor mother. Can I ask you? Oh, yeah. Were either your mother or father just like you? Um, you know, I don't think so. But you know, our family, like I said, we're the type of people to keep things in. So maybe I wouldn't know. Also. That would be really interesting. Or maybe one of their siblings, your mom and dad's siblings. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. So your poor mother, she really had her hands full. Didn't oh she? yeah. Oh yeah. I was, I was tough. <laughs> um, and I would just, I would cry like so many days before I went to school, you know, please, I do not want to go. Please do not make me go to school today. And this was another thing that didn't make sense to me was my mom always replied, you know, you just have to go. Like, and it didn't make sense to me. She just said, you know, it's just something that you don't have to like, but you have to do. And, you know, in my mind, all I had to do was eat, breathe, sleep. And play. Yeah, play. (laughs) I love play. So would your mother and your teachers have said that with you, there was definitely unexplained underachievement, meaning they could hear how you spoke. You were clearly very intelligent, but you never performed that way. At first, definitely. But again, what made it more complicated was that as I was entering second, third grade, most of elementary school and middle school, I actually performed really well grade wise. And then behavior with my behavior, you know, I was very anxious and I did have some, you know, unusual qualities or, you know, no one really understood certain things that I did, but I didn't act out as much because like I said, I was so desperate for the validation. Could you give me an example of what that looked like? Yeah. I was anxious and it became, as I got older, just a typical Lucy thing um, to be anxious. And I, I would all the time, I would get the shakes. But the unexplained things were not necessarily related to anxiety, just weird things about me, like that I had so much trouble with friends. Mm. I would, like I said, I would, I would make a friend and then just. <sighs> wasn't really able to connect with them and I think would sometimes say things to them, you know, that they didn't want to hear that I thought was just true, which, and I mean, sometimes it wasn't true. I was just saying what I thought. And it was funny because I was such a sensitive little girl, but then I I would say things that were insensitive. (laughs) Yeah. No, that happens. That happens a lot, actually. So mm-hmm. when you say that you were anxious, I mean, obviously, if you're shaking, that's, that's, you know, that's anxiety. But were there other symptoms that you experienced as well? And were the symptoms around just the social part? Or was it also around the academic part? Because it sounds like your grades were good. Yeah, so I definitely had trouble with academics. I'll talk about later, you know, high school was the, the breaking point. But okay, okay. <laughs> And I always hated school, like I said, but I never had that much trouble performing with academics, even though I had trouble with paying attention, you know, listening to instructions, following instructions. So in middle school and elementary school, I spent most classes not really listening at all. And then I would go home, I remember, and teach myself the lessons. Mm. So I tried to do the same thing in high school. And it didn't work out. Was it because it was getting harder and harder? It, It was getting harder. There were more things that we actually had to know. And it was... I think that was the main thing. Like there were more things we were actually expected to know. And so I was just teaching myself more and more at home. And especially when it was things that, you know, I couldn't just, I sometimes am pretty good at memorizing things for a short period of time. Other times, really not. Mm -hmm. But I don't know exactly how I made it so well in middle school. You know, before high school, I got all A's pretty much. And yeah, freshman year, like I I tried to do the same thing where I would just teach myself a lot of the material. And it was just, it was a lot more. And some of it was harder. Mm -hmm. And so what happened? 
Um, yeah. So, How are you feeling? Ugh, I felt like crap <laughs> all of high school, really. Uh, like I said, you know, the two, how I always saw it is like the two main things that happen in, in school. You got the socialization and then the learning, the academics. And I hated both of them. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. So what would keep you there? I mean, any bright individual wouldn't want to go, right? Right, right. So again, like I, as much as I hated school always, I do want to, I know it's easier in life when you have a degree. And, you know, we're told that everyone who drops out of high school, it's because, I don't know, you did some crime or (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. So you just thought that if I drop out of high school, I'm never going to figure it out. Then my life is over. Yeah. I mean, at first I thought that. So what was your mom? So starting in freshman year, were you already talking about, I don't want to go, I want to drop out? Um, I mean, I was always talking about that. <laughs> so what was your mom doing? Like, wh- right. how did she feel about all this? Would she get really upset or mm-hmm. had she given up? Well, she was part of the force, I think, that was telling me. Because like I said, in my community, like, I live in a very conservative town mm-hmm. and you know I think everyone is very traditional and there's a very traditional educational path that so many people follow and I think that a lot of us are expected to follow mm-hmm. and that was very much enforced at my school and I think that my family 100% gave into it mm-hmm But I kept telling my mom, I I don't want to do it. You know, you say that I have to, but I see loopholes. And I think she gave up eventually. Mm -hmm. Because I I just, I became really depressed in high school. My sophomore year, I was 16. And I was so fed up because Mostly, I I just, I wasn't, I knew that I loved to learn because I had been learning throughout my life in other ways. And I have always felt like I learn the most when I'm not in a school building. Mm -hmm. And so what happened actually is I was, you know, kind of, it was a combination of being so depressed and then I just didn't want to do my work like I had just given up with kind of fitting in I knew that I couldn't do that path that was cut out for everyone that everyone else had such an easier time with compared to me and so I just kind of stopped doing my work and um, then my grades completely plummeted like they're awful at that time So was your mom at this point, your sophomore year, was she worried about your health, basically, mental health? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm, Totally. And I've always, like I said, I was always an anxious little girl. And Mm -hmm. she knows that. And um, so I've had a lot of like the comorbid symptoms. But she recognized what a hard time I was having. And like I said, I think she sort of gave up on school for me. Yeah. So when you dropped out, did you have a plan or was it, I'm just going to drop out and then I'm going to figure it out? Because it sounds like you always knew you were going to figure it out. You weren't planning on just sleeping in your bedroom for the next year, correct? Oh, yeah. No, I I knew I was going to do things. I thought I was going to, like, my entire life, I have told myself I'm going to go far. Because I'm not, you know, so many people seem to be satisfied with just doing mediocre things. And I I hear all the time, you know, you don't have to find meaning in life by doing something big or making a big change. But for me, I, I feel like I need to... I don't know, do something that I really want to do and something that maybe hasn't been done to feel satisfied. And so um, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew I was going to do something. Lucy, do you know 
that that is a trait of ADHD. I'm sure it is now. (laughs) This sense that, I mean, this is what I have found in common with pretty much every woman I've worked with with ADHD. They've got to live to their potential and they need to have meaning in their life. Mm -hmm. So what you're telling me, this sense of you just know you're going to do big things, you know you're destined to do big things, I say that's your ADHD. Yeah. your drivenness, which is, you know, a form of hyperactivity. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was actually funny. At that time, my mom kind of gave up, but she was so hooked on to that kind of, you know, she, no one else believed me that I was going to that. And that made it stronger too, that like everyone was like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. That made my urge to do something big and show it to the world and to prove yourself, Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so I was on homebound kind of, I had a tutor coming once in a while and I didn't even finish some of my finals my sophomore year, but I did, I think I was still enrolled in the high school. My mom I said, I'm officially dropping out. And she said, oh, I'm keeping you enrolled even if you don't do my work. So that's what happened. Mm -hmm. But I think that they ended up um, because she she didn't like what I was doing. And but she also felt bad, my mom. So I think she might have talked to my school and had them waive some of my finals. But I don't know what my enrollment status was considered at that time because I wasn't going to school physically. I wasn't doing any of the work. But anyway, so then she kind of figured out what to do for the rest of my assignments. We figured out, you know, how to handle that with the school for that year. And then, you know, I declared I am not going back, but I didn't have a plan, like I said. So during that time, um, when I was kind of just figuring things out, I mean, that was a pretty pivotal time that summer when I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. And I refused to go back to high school. And so the summer I spent uh, working on a farm and going to therapy. Okay. And like I said, that was a really pivotal time. And how was it, like, what made you decide to work on a farm? (laughs) It was a little bit impulsive, just... You know, it sounded nice. Mm -hmm. And I love to be outside. I love to work in the garden. But I started at first volunteering on this farm that was near me. There was a new organic local farm that I just opened up. And I went to volunteer there. And I just kind of became in love with the place. And I I loved the animals. I loved doing things all the time, <laughs> of course. So you're really busy, right? Physically oh. busy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like their craziest volunteer. Um, and people would come up to me and ask, like, do you work here? You know, because I was just there all the time. And my mom wanted me to find a job, but I just, I spent all my time volunteering there. So I didn't really put effort into finding a job, but I thought, you know, I kind of had in the back of my head, you know, maybe if I stay here long enough to volunteer, they'll want to hire me. Mm-hmm. But I also told myself, you know, that's unrealistic, you know, because they need like professionals, people with experience to work here. But yeah, no, the owner came up to me one day and said, do you want to have employment? Wow. Here. Yeah. It makes sense. You loved it and you were really good at it because you loved it. Yeah. I was ecstatic that she offered that. And then I was, you know, there, I was always there. I mean, 7 a.m. to like 5, 4 p.m. And I loved all of it. And it was so good to be validated. And I love I loved doing so much and I felt like I had purpose and I loved the physical activity, just all of it. 
It makes perfect yeah. sense. So how did that then lead to this, I'm going to go back to school? Which must have been scary for you because you hate school, you think. Mm-hmm. It was that summer that um, around that time when I was working and my, my therapist had said, you know, it was pretty much the beginning of like when most people would start their high school school year, you know, mm-hmm. that I knew I wasn't going back to. And of course, this conversation came up in therapy. <laughs> I think my therapist tried to be a little bit gentle around the subjects. You know, what do you think you're going to do for your um, your educational career? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have any plans for that? You know, <laughs> where do you think you're going? And I, I mean, I like laughed so hard. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I have no idea. And I had been researching. I, I said that. And after that conversation, because I just kind of forgot about school, you know, with working on the farm and working on myself, because I, I did feel so after leaving high school, like I felt so dumb. Mm. and incapable of learning, even though part of the reason I left was because I, I knew I loved to learn. Mm-hmm. So you were confused. You knew you loved to learn, but you felt like you weren't capable of learning in a school, which is where most people learn. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I fell into a hole of <laughs> like alternative there was some article I read that was like alternative schools in the U.S. for the alternative learner. <laughs> I was like, hmm, this looks good. Then I, I saw and then I remembered I knew the name of the school Bard College at Simon's Rock because my sister went to Bard College. So I was like, oh, that seems interesting. And I read the little blurb about it in an article and it said this school is unique because it accepts students as young as 16. So then I was looking into the school and I did see that the application date was like way past, you know, um, it's a college. So they would want your applications in by, I think it was February. Mm -hmm. Um, But I called and they said that I could apply and things happened really fast and I ended up being enrolled. (laughs) Oh, my God. And isn't that how it happens? Yeah. Yeah. So were you really excited about this opportunity or were you apprehensive? I was excited. Mostly. Why? Because, um, well, first of all, I proved to my mom that I did not have to you know, in order to get an education and not go to high school, I didn't have to go to some like fancy smancy, super expensive private boarding school. Mm-hmm. And also because, you know, I now I don't have to with the program that I got accepted into, um, which I, I think it's crazy, you know, that I did get accepted and I got accepted late. Like I said, you know, we mm-hmm. weren't supposed to submit applications, but I called them. I just... I felt like I had a chance and um, I mean, the school ended up being a really great thing and I just didn't have to do those two years in high school anymore. There are other. And you're going to graduate with an AA when your classmates in high school graduate from high school, right? Exactly. Yeah. And especially for um, the ones, you know, because I had so many friends in high school who when I, I was leaving high school when I was not attending school anymore during mm-hmm. the sophomore year. They were like, I, I mean, they really looked down on me. I think it was so much of what is she doing? Mm-hmm. There's there's one way to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had like no idea. I think they thought I was crazy. <laughs> crazy smart. <laughs> not what they thought, but I'm trying <laughs> to learn my own smartness. So let me ask you this. When you started at Bard, did you know right away I'm going to be successful here? Um, yeah. <laughs> Can you explain to me why you knew that or how you knew that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that 
I was so, I'm a very excitable person and it was a very exciting experience. I felt like, you know, I am finally able to be my own person, have autonomy in my career path, um, my educational career path. And I was able to, you know, I had to meet some requirements, but um, really focus on what I wanted to study. So more specifically, the school, I could choose my classes and like really choose them. And so, you know, for just our one math requirement, we would have a bunch of different classes um, available. And I ended up, well, I actually ended up taking statistics, but even with the classes that I, I was able to take a lot of classes on like weird specific things that I was interested in, because that's how I'm finding that's how a lot of uh, small liberal arts schools are. Mm-hmm. They'll offer, you know, <laughs> these kind of oddly specific, um, unusual classes. I love those classes. Yeah, because it's all about interest, right? And they yeah. mm-hmm. they realize that if we can get a student where they're interested, we can teach them anything through that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, with the classes... Like I said, you know, there were some that were still hard, but something I discovered when I did get diagnosed with ADHD, which was year after this, but um, I also um, discovered that my school had a really great accessibility or I have had a great experience with the accessibility program there. And what is that specifically? Yeah, so what I was able to do is work with the director and kind of describe my symptoms to her. You know, I said that because, oh my gosh, there was so much, you know, as you can imagine, there's so much reading that we had to do. And I only, like, I cannot read, uh, not at all, if I'm not interested in something. (laughs) I mean, it's remarkable how bad I am at reading if it's not interesting. Um, and so there's a lot of that. And so actually what she did, the director of the accessibility program, um, she hooked me up with this coach that specialized in ADHD. It was like an academic tutor and coach. Mm-hmm. And so she has been, ugh, I love her. She has been such a savior this past year. And she will kind of guide me through material that is really hard to read. And, you know, like I said, I just can't read some material. So we kind of just try to, she really helps me get to the main point. And with writing, like I'm, I know. So can I stop you for a second? So when you're talking about reading, which is what you struggle with so much, will she literally physically sit down with you and work through the reading? Well, um, a lot of things are virtual, so she would be online. Okay. Uh, and we, we would look at it together, yes. Got it. Mm-hmm. So kind of like a body double. There's someone there to yeah, yeah. be focused on mm-hmm. yeah. this work that you're not really interested in reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she would say sometimes, you know, Lucy, I'm going to trust you now. I'm going to sign off, and I do not want you to leave your seat. <laughs> And did you do it? Most of the time, yes. Okay. I think I could do it, and she wouldn't sign off at that time. So explain to me, for someone who doesn't like to be told what to do, what was the difference with this ADHD coach that's, you know, helping you with your academics? Why would you listen to what she tells you to do? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think, first of all, like, I just... I loved her. Well, she also, I should mention, she has ADHD. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, she she got it, you know? Mm-hmm. And you knew she got it. Yeah. Yeah. So is it that there's just a lot of trust there and you know she has your best interest at heart always? Yes. And she was able to recognize right away that I had a lot of potential. Mm. 
and that, you know, she was able to recognize without me saying that I struggle with something. She was able to recognize and just my behavior and what I was saying to her, you know, that I can see that you struggle with this. So she knew what she was doing and you knew she knew what she was doing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think one of the other things that is very common with our brains is the sense of excellence. And we don't like to be told what to do at all. But if there's someone that's really excellent at something, then we will shut up and listen. (laughs) Yeah. And she got me. Um, Uh She just understood me. So Right. Which is why... I think she was so good at what she did, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So can I also ask you, are the students at Bard more like you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of students who use the accessibility resources on campus. So whereas in high school, you struggled with, you know, social relationships. Mm-hmm. Have you figured that out? At Bard? You know, I think that's the ongoing project of mine that is yet to be, you know, it's it's really hard for me to find um, strong connections with people. I am an intense person, and mm-hmm. I think that friendships are really hard, but definitely I have found some amazing friends at school. Yay. Yeah. So you at Bard, you're basically much more around your people than you were in high school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that also now that I, because it was when I was at Bard that I got my diagnosis and that was so nice to have to kind of explain to people, not as an excuse, you know, I'm learning to say, to apologize and also sometimes explain to people, maybe not in the moment, but that certain behaviors are, are, are things that are really hard to control for me because I have ADHD, which I only learned a year ago. And when you say that to friends or maybe a teacher or a professor, is that accepted? Or, or do people give you a little bit more slack now? Yes, in in a way, you know, because they understand that, like I said, because I'm, you know, just speaking from my heart and also because the accessibility director will sometimes if I ask for a certain accommodation from a professor, they will give, you know, maybe the director will like talk to the professor and say, you know, Lucy is going to have 20 more minutes on her test because she has this accommodation under, you know, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But um, yeah, for sure. So is Bard a college that specifically caters to students who learn differently? Or is it just that, you know, it's a small liberal arts college that also has a, what did you call it, an accessibility program? Um, So it is not specifically catered um, for people who learn differently. But mm-hmm. um, it markets itself as that, and that's what it is. Um, there is, you know, it's hard to enroll yourself in the school without knowing what you're getting yourself into as mm-hmm. a student and as a young student. You know, so many of us actually, like, I have quite a few friends. Not all of us, but a few of us, like me, left high school without a plan. Mm -hmm. And like myself, we're worried that the world was right and that we would end up not ever getting a degree or education and not being able to really do much with ourselves later in life. But But we also knew, like, deep inside that that wasn't the case. And so, um, and that's very much... Like our school markets itself as um, for a deep thinker. <laughs> ah. Yeah. So what are your plans when you graduate? In May, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In May, I'll have my associate's degree. And so I, um, right now, I am, um, I convinced my school to 
uh, set up a farmhouse. Of course you did. Yes, um, because I just love it so much. And so we actually, um, myself and a few friends, we created a employment opportunity. And so I'll be working there next semester and then in the summer as well and kind of running, managing that farm um, and organizing events with the community. And um, I mean, I just love, I love starting new projects. Um, It's hard, but, you know, especially something, you know, planning the farm has been so much fun. But eventually I want to have my own farm someday. So Lucy, you see how industrious and frankly entrepreneurial you are when there's something you're really interested in, right? Yeah. (laughs) I have like done a lot of internet searching and like, you know, uh, Google searches for, you know, unusual traits or like traits commonly seen in girls with ADHD and like certain lengths, certain connections between certain behaviors and and like I'm starting, I listened to your podcast about eating disorders and my sister have had an awful eating disorder in high school. I'm like, oh my gosh, that so oh, makes sense did. with her ADHD. Yeah. 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 So can I ask you, um, since you've been diagnosed and since you've been at Baird College, Bard College, right? Not Baird, Bard College. <laughs> um, how is your anxiety? Is it better? It is better. I always am always will be an anxious person, but I think that sometimes it comes in my favor. Tell me why. Um, I think that being on edge um, all the time, I, and because I have always been like this, am careful, but I also um, will sometimes take risks, um, obviously, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think that I am also, like I said, very sensitive. So I I think I'm able to understand other people well, you know, when they talk to me. I think that I, if I'm not interrupting them, which happens a lot, (laughs) can be a pretty good listener. (laughs) I think what you've pointed out, Lucy, is that, you know, even take anxiety, which a lot of people would say, oh my gosh, that's all negative. And it's not true. There's a total positive side to it. There's a total strength focused side, right? Which as you pointed out is you can just relate to people better than I think someone who doesn't have anxiety. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You understand. I love it. So tell me, what are the ADHD traits that you feel are responsible for your success? I mean, I want to say all of them, (laughs) but... (laughs) I think, I mean, the biggest one that just stands out is, you know, my stubbornness and ability to believe in myself. And so I guess partially my drivenness and Mm -hmm. ability and success in taking risks like leaving high school. I love it. So what would you tell? Okay, let's let's say someone because we know this is true. Someone is listening to a young woman, teenager probably, is listening to this podcast right now, and she is in the position that you were in in high school. What would you say to her? I would say that no matter what people tell you, there are very few things that you actually have to do in life that you really only have to, you know, eat, sleep, and find uh, happiness, you know, breathe also. That's an important one. (laughs) (laughs) And that, you know, if you don't want to stay in high school, I don't recommend dropping out of high school per se, but that there are other ways to either get your high school diploma or get an education, you know? And, And so there are very little things that you have to do and you don't have to, uh, you know, no matter what other people are saying that you don't have to you know, fit into this box that you know that you will never fit into. So what does it feel like, Lucy, to be proud of yourself for fighting for Lucy? What does that feel like today? Oh, I mean, it feels amazing. It's a new feeling. But I I feel weird 
But I, I love being weird now because, as I've said, I've been finding that I can relate to so many people who have um, not even everyone who has ADHD, but, you know, that people who, who don't have ADHD but also don't fit in can relate to me and uh, I can be a good listener. Yeah. Wonderful. So Lucy, where can people find you if they want to know more about you? Um, well, I am on Facebook. And do you mind giving us your handle on Facebook? Yeah. Well, if you just look up my name, uh, L-U-C-Y and then V-A-N-D-E-N-H-E-U-V-E-L. That's my last name, Vanden Heuvel. It's a long one. I know. So I did mispronounce it. I think I said Hoyvel. <laughs> Hoyvel? Yeah, no, that'd be Hoovel. It's, it's hard, Hoovel. I know. Oh, it's not that hard. Okay, so I'm going to find it, and I will have it in the show notes. I've just, you know, I'm certain that there's going to be some young woman who's listening to your story and perhaps may want to ask you some questions. So I'm hoping that she can reach out to you on Facebook at Lucy Vanden Hoyvel, right? Yep, Hoovel. Okay. <laughs> Lucy, thank you so much for spending time with us here today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Okay, so that's what I have for you for this week. If you liked this episode with Lucy, please let us know by leaving a review. Our goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work so that they too may discover their amazing strengths. And you know, your reviews really do help in that regard. If you have a comment, a guest you'd like me to interview, or a topic idea for this podcast, you can go to my website at tracyoutsuka.com and leave me a message. Or even better, reach out to me by Facebook Direct Messenger. And if you're interested in joining our waitlist for my How to Fall in Love with Your ADHD Brain workshop, you can sign up at tracyoutsuka.com forward slash I love my brain. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smart Ass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Outsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, it's also the name of our free Facebook group. We're a totally smartass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. Join us at tracyoutsuka.com where you can also find more information on our Your ADHD Brain is A-OK system. I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.